Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Her name is Brittany Ray. She's a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. She likes badass moms and long naps. She's on Twitter at at Britannia, where she can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about her cat. Welcome to the second installment of our Season 2 Spoiler Sections. This is a series in five parts. If you've listened to all of our podcasts in their entirety, you are not missing anything by skipping this series. These are all things that you have heard before. You can re-listen for the fun of it, though. Listen, I'm not the boss of you. The purpose of this series is for those people who may not be caught up, who've been skipping the spoiler sections. We've compiled them here for your convenience so you don't have to go searching for them. You are welcome. Please be warned that from here on out, the whole series is fair game. Let's get started. This is the spoiler section for episode 206, Abandoned, featuring Maria and some not great audio conditions. Sorry in advance. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Okay, good. <laughs> this is the you are the cutest like, human by. I was like, did I miss it? Oh, no. um, you guys didn't say anything. Like, I was like, um. You're like, are we going? No, we yeah. haven't spoiled yet. <laughs> Welcome Wait. to Spoilers. Woo. Two outros. One for regular and one for spoilers. Hello. Welcome to Spoilers section. Woo. Oh, so happy to be here. Finally, we okay. can talk about Suliet in peace. Oh, boy. So. Okay, okay, dude. Sawyer says to Jin. My arm's gonna fall off. Yeah, what are you talking about? What do you mean, what am I talking about? In season five, Jin helps rip a man's arm off. Oh, wow. Yeah, with the resource. Oh, Daniel's crew. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. And, like, he's, like, it's right beside him when the time changes, and then it's, like, literally a rotting thing right there. Yeah. People, people's arms falling off is a thing with him. So then they're like, oh, did you see the kids? Um, and so that, yeah, that's kind of going to be talked about next episode that uh, Zach and Emma were taken. Libby becomes a psychologist after being in a mental institution. And I think that's like a dope life. I think like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a really cool flip that she made. It makes sense. But uh, do we know that it's after? Well, I um... Oh, that's a good question. I assumed it was after, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Like, did she have her break while working? Because that would also make a lot of sense. Ooh, I'm interested in this. Another another female character that was gone too soon. Because, I, yeah, I feel like the reason um, that she... I think it's kind of implied that the reason she was in the institution was because of her husband, who died. Mm. Okay. David. Oh, okay. So she was clearly one before. Yeah. Do you subscribe to the theory that Dave that that Libby was married to Dave? Dave, I don't know. It's I don't know. I don't know. I don't, and I don't know why. Like it seems like something that Lost would do, and I know that like the character of Dave, like clearly within Hurley's mind, was like hyperbolized and like you know is like way too out there. But like I don't know. It just it just it make it kind of makes sense just because it's. You know, it's it's it has to do with the mental institution and Libby. She was there, but why Hurley? Like, why would Dave would be in you know in Hurley's head? Yeah. Also, I've, I've also I've always seen Dave as um, a symbol for uh, Hurley's eating disorder. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why would that you know have anything to do with Libby? Yeah. So I don't personally subscribe to that. I know Joe does, but yeah, I mean. Do what you want, what you want with your theories. They probably should have picked another name instead of David. Yeah, yeah. true. 
Um, agree. So Anna says that she liked it when Echo wasn't talking. Once again, another thing for next episode, Echo wasn't talking because he like killed a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And I and you know, after all that, like he used to kill people a lot. And then he was kind of like reformed when he had to take over Yemi's spot in the church. And so he never thought he would have to kill somebody again, I'm assuming. And so after doing that, he like kind of felt like he had to was he taking an oath of silence, do you think? Like, is this another religious thing? I never thought about it like that. Oh, oh, well, yes, it is. Because, yeah, yeah because okay, yeah. I, I think so. Because uh, it's a whole thing about um, he waited 40 days. And didn't, in the Bible, it's something about Jesus waiting 40 days. Uh, he went, he didn't eat for 40 days. Right, right. That's okay. the whole point of Lent, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay, great. Yes, I love that. Um, They talk about Goodwin, and once again, I just love the way that they, like, set up Goodwin, where, like, you still f- think that Goodwin is a good person until it is revealed that he isn't. Yeah. Um, or, you know, not that Goodwin wasn't a good person, but that he was an other and he was against them. Yeah, I just, I was like, oh, Juliet is close. That's what <laughs> you're thinking. Yeah, like, Goodwin, like, got with Juliet. Yeah. That was, like, someone that she like, really cared about yeah like an affair an affair happened Ooh, scandalous cindy disappears and we know that she like legit goes and lives with the others and it's weird to me that like the people who like were taken on day one slash the two weeks later like you know they've had time to like be um like brought into the others and conditioned to be with the others but like cindy spent 48 days being terrified of the others how did yep. they get her conditioned yeah I don't know, because that scene, the scene in season three, it's kind of blurry, but she is in front of the cages, right? Yeah, I think it's in, it's like in Stranger in a Strange Land, so like I'm pretty sure I like fully just forget about it, but yeah, she's like in front of the cages and they're they're all like, with her with Zack and Emma are like looking at Jack like a caged animal, like a, like in a zoo. Yeah. And like talking to him. Yeah. And she's like, remember me? I was like in your flashback that one time. Yeah. I gave you that bottles of alcohol. Yeah, cute, remember? (laughs) Moving on to the other storyline, they talk about how Charlie is a religious freak with the Mary statues. That's going to be a whole thing with Echo and a whole thing with, yeah, so that's just, that's that. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about the thing uh, with the hearing that I I said before. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking of his actions in in Fire Plus Water and in the Long Con with the whole thing Mm -hmm. with, with Sun. Oh, he, right. Yeah, he is um, acting. Do you want to remind people who might forget, like, Brittany? Oh, yeah, in the long con. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sawyer does legit a long con, and he he teams up with Charlie, and they, like, kidnap Son and make it seem like it was the others. So the whole point was to get the guns. So, so yeah. Sawyer could get yeah. the guns. There's a new sheriff in town. Okay. Yeah. And Charlie, for some reason, is on board. Yeah, he, like, agrees to... He's the one that like, puts like terrifies son. Yeah, he's the one that puts the bag over her head and drags her. Yeah. So, I, what I was thinking is, they, these actions seem like someone on drugs. Like you know, seems right. like if he were on drugs, it makes sense for him to do this. But he's not. He doesn't relapse again ever. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. No, because like my my thought was like, what if something is happening to him because he knows that he like has the drugs you know like he could but that doesn't make sense yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know okay so let's talk about this vision of walt (sighs) oh yeah what the hell so confusing i don't know (sighs) okay 
So I don't know how this could be MIB because we it know that MIB. It cannot be. It's, there's no way. Wait, how it is it be not dead? MIB? Because, because, because he can only take over people who are dead. Who are dead and whose bodies are on the island. Are on the island. So, I always thought that this was, like, luring her towards Anna Lucia until we talk about how maybe he's trying to stop her, protect her. This might be Jacob. It could be Jacob. (gasps) Like, it could be the island just messing with Shannon. Or it could be, you know, going back to the the fact that Walt is special and we don't know. And he has these weird powers. Because... Because right now, Walt is with the others. We don't really see any of that time of Walt being with the others, so Ooh. we don't know what happened. Ooh. But maybe, yes, it, maybe it's this thing of, of, of uh, what's the word? Just Walt knowing that these people are bad, and he thinks that group with Anna Lucia is, you know, the, are the others, and he is projecting, projecting mm-hmm. himself to Shannon to warn her. I just made this up. No, but I like it, though. I'm also making something up. Okay, okay, so something that we do know where Walt is because of missing pieces is yes. he's in room 23. Yeah. So is room 23, which is supposed to be like a brainwashing station, which Ooh, we've seen, Carlin, yeah, Carl. is this is this being able to like help him kind of, since he's special and his brain is special, are they only, like, maybe they're not putting him in room 23 because like that's just where they're keeping him, they're trying to brainwash him. Maybe it's because they're like testing his like specialness and, and is he able to like project... Like, project and put his mind somewhere else and he's just like not very good at it and that's why he's speaking backwards oh wow like he's just kind of testing his powers or maybe he doesn't even know that he has his powers he doesn't maybe it's just happening happening and he doesn't know that it's happening maybe he's having visions or dreams and he just doesn't know yeah because the the missing uh pieces that's juliet talking to ben outside of yeah and she's like he's special yeah, and all the birds are, like, dead. Right yeah, yeah, that's yeah. weird. Also, I, when you uh, said about Carl, in that scene with Carl that he's, like, being hypnotized, he's, like, out of it. Oh, fully. So what if they did the same thing with Walt, and while he was out of it, this was happening? Yeah, that's what I'm. Th- that's another yeah. thing that I'm thinking is it's just like because the thing is that like Carl gets taken out of there, and it's like how long was Carl in there? I don't know, but like Carl is fine afterwards, you know, like he's okay afterwards. So it's like how long was Walt in there? Is he okay? Yeah, my thought was what happened maybe to like Carl's brain yeah. in the while while he was being hypnotized. I mean that that never really comes back. Yeah, so I, know. I don't know. Also, that, that just re- reminded me that in that scene when as Kate and Sawyer take him out, Sawyer kind of almost gets hypnotized as well. He, he just mm-hmm. he's just like staring at the wall at the screen or mm-hmm. whatever it is, and Kate I think has to like tell him, "Hey, let's go. We have to go." Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, "Oh God, he's also gonna get like you know, yeah, bolted." Um, bringing it back to jacob really quickly like i mean can we talk about like what kind of happens in abiturno with like isabella and richard like is that like we know that that's because hurley can see dead people but like isabella's body isn't on the island and jacob is dead by then wait what do you mean it's not on the island what didn't she die isabella didn't she die? Isabella died, like, in Spain. Spain and in he, Spain. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Killed the dude and then came to the island, right? But, like, he sees Isabella multiple times and we think it's MIB, right? So, like, that's just... That's Wait, does he see her that. again? When does he see her again? He sees her in the Black Rock. Like, like remember? And then, like, Isabella's like, oh, I have to run. Ah! And it's, like, implied that it's MIB. <laughs> 
Okay. Oh. But like, it doesn't make sense because her body isn't on the island, dude. I yeah, don't know. This, like, that's a, that's a question for later. But like, I don't know. Like, when we were thinking about like Walt being Jacob, that's another. But I'm like super convinced about Walt being Walt and just being in room twenty three right yeah, now. Yeah, I yeah. I really just kind of dislike the rule that he only takes bot. I, I, it's like I like that he takes dead bodies, but the fact that they have to be on. <laughs> <laughs> I no, love that he takes wait, dead bodies. <laughs> no, that's not it wrong. The fact that the bodies have to be on the island. It trips me out because it doesn't work with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's something that really limits them. Yeah. I feel like they didn't think through that rule when they wrote it. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Because it undoes a lot of the previous seasons. It's just weird because, like, they wrote that rule. They made that rule, like, pretty sure, like, that rule became official, like, in Across the Sea, which is, like, three episodes from the end. Yeah. So did they have to do that? No. So wh- I'm not sure why they did that, but. Yeah. And I, also, I think th- th- yeah, Brittany. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, that reminds me of, um, I think it is the... you. Yeah, you guys discussed this episode, When Echo Died, The Cost of Living. Yes. There not that when he sees Yemi, and that is the Man in Black. But he also, doesn't he also yes. see, like, other people from, like, his... Oh, the people... Like, Gold Tooth and stuff? Yeah, he sees those people on the island, right? I don't, I believe he sees, like, their bodies, but I don't think that they have, like, I don't, I don't recall MIB taking them over, though. Okay, okay. I just, I was thinking, like, I thought he did, and I was like, those people are not there. Yes, they are, right? They are, they were on the, the plane with Yemi, right? Were they? Yeah, it was, like, Yemi and, like, a couple people, and, like, Echo was supposed to go with them, but then he wasn't. I mean, I know, I know Yemi was the other people, but I don't know if it was them. I know, but I, I wasn't sure if it was those specific people. Well, Goldtooth, like, we know for sure because, like, he was one of the bodies that they, like, pulled out. In, like, season one, they pulled him out of the tree and they were like, oh, my God, he's not a real priest. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I need to okay. I haven't seen that episode, so I don't, I'm just out of memory just trying to. Yeah. So Shannon gets shot by Anna Lucia and Saeed is, like, real heckin' pissed. And, yeah, that's gonna come up, like, obviously next episode we're kind of skipping because that's, like, all about Taylor's, but in the episode right after is called Collision. It's an Anna Lucia episode and Anna and Saeed get to have a real long conversation. And honestly, they, you know, they end up being okay. They end up being friends later this season. They, like, go on, like, an A-team mission with Charlie to find, like, Henry Gale's balloon and stuff, so. Oh, yeah. Henry Gale, my boy! Yeah. So those were all my spoiler thoughts. Did you guys have any more? Yeah, I was uh, the thing with that I was mentioning that I wrote down mm. um, was that the baby that plays Aaron right now. Yes, it's also the same actor that's gonna play Aaron. Later I know, on. isn't that so dope? Yeah, baby continuity. Because <laughs> I know that they they've had different actors for Aaron. Yeah, I think they have done. Yeah, and I I when you said oh when you said the thing about when Charlie interrupts Claire and Locke and Locke mm. kind of looks at Claire like you, you mentioned something about him punching Charlie oh yeah he punches Charlie in fire plus water I yeah like that, yeah that's what I was um like he almost knocks him out oh okay yeah yeah <laughs> um but like I I think that that punch like from what I remember like that punch is kind of like his wake-up call and he's like end up kind of being better for the rest of the season after that but that's kind of his like gets knocked back to i mean he does not get better reality. because then he right after is the long con oh my gosh you're so oh right God. crap 
And nothing got bad better for anyone. <laughs> what is his turning point then? I don't know. I'm going to have to figure that out. Also, I read um, on... What, remember when I mentioned the thing about um, Anna and Echo walking up the hill? On Lostpedia, that behind them, yeah. you can kind of see an island, like another island. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What if that's a Hydra island? Yeah, I bet it is. It, that's it awesome. could be. Oh, yeah, and, like, those rocks that I have been to, you know, like, we met Miles on those rocks. Desmond kills like Kelvin. Finale rocks. Killed Kelvin. De- yeah. Killed MIB Locke. I think, I'm pretty sure there's a scene with uh, Ben and Juliet in the, there, over there. I'm not sure. Oh, also, the finale, did you say this? The finale of season four, season, yeah, season, no. Season three. <laughs> season three, when they're, they're walking up to the radio tower. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they walk through True. there. Um, is that it? Um, yeah. let me check. Wait. <laughs> Hang on. You got it. You got it. <laughs> oh, when we, uh, we were talking, we were going to talk about the Whisper saying hi, sis. Oh, oh, dude. Boone is not one of the Whispers. Yeah. And we know because he's literally in the flash sideways. Yeah. The only person that oh. we know is the, uh, is the Whisper is Michael. Yeah. We know that Michael is one of the Whispers because he's done, like, terrible bad things. Boone hasn't really... I mean, Boone sucks, but, like, he hasn't really done, like, those terrible bad things that make you turn into Whispers. So, I mean, I think this was just kind of, like, a creepy thing that they meant to do. that Or, like, the, that they were kind of going to do because they didn't really decide who the Whispers were and, like, what the Whispers really were until season six. So, like, I'm willing to believe that at this point they're like, yeah, that's Boone. Yeah, like, the dead people on the island. Yeah, when you yeah. said that, honestly, I got... I was spooked. I like literally gasped. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, hey, we made great time. Um, <laughs> uh, Maria, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Of thank course. you. Yay. I hope you had a good time. I had such a good time talking to you. We're on like the same caliber. I love you. I had a blast. That was awesome. Um, and we'll have you back on for Not in Portland. That's the next one we have you on for. That's going to be a good one. Hell yeah. Do you want to give us your Twitter and your Insta one more time, please? Yeah. Uh, Twitter is Juliet's Burke and Instagram Dharma Stark. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube. Not Pinterest. Tumblr. I don't think so. Did you I forgot Tumblr. Oh, my bad. Uh, yeah, all those places. Um, yeah, actually, please follow us on Tumblr because I post gifts of our favorite line awards and I work really hard on them. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and our Patreon is patreon.com slash the We could really use the help. So if you have a spare dollar, um, please consider donating. Thanks. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> Bam. Death sucks, doesn't it? This is the spoiler section for episode 207, The Other 48 Days, featuring Sarah. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. Oh, uh, Sarah, (laughs) will you do a live spoiler, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers? Spoilers, spoilers, we're gonna talk spoilers. Yay, because you are our spoiler intro every Ah, single time. I love that. I'm not gonna lie. It's hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> Sam, it's spoiler time. Okay, listen, we gotta, like, book it through these spoilers, fam. Yes. Like, we have so many thoughts, but we gotta book it through them. Okay, yeah, because um, it's, like, it's almost past midnight. midnight Oops. over here, so. Well, I'm not a part of your system. It's a lot West Coast, best here. coast, West Coast, well, best coast. Uh, I'm trying. <laughs> She's like, give me, like, 20 days and I'll be there. <laughs> okay, I will say, 
I already said she's Batman. Seriously, guys, she's Batman. She okay, has... how is she Batman? Explain this. Okay, so instead of the dead parents, she has a dead kid. Okay. And oh, it has turned God, her to some... vigilante Mr. justice. She goes after the guy who killed her kid and murders him. And <gasps> then she heads out onto the island and she like she's basically Batman. Like, she's a badass who's, like, putting together her own weapons and, like, going on this vigilante spree in part because of the trauma that was dealt out to her through the loss of this beloved family member. Oh, my God. She's Batman. Because, like, look at, like, I'm not, I'm just saying, what's the first thing Anna Lucia, like, has to do when she gets out of the water? She has to save some kids. And what happens? She promises the kids that she will take care of them. And then the kids get taken. And she basically goes on a revenge quest. And it's like, the kids are clearly like, what's on her mind? Like when Goodwin asks her about it, the kids are why she's doing it. So like, I mean, yeah, it's not a one-to-one, but she's basically Batman. She's a vigilante created by the death of a loved one who thinks that she knows better than the system and is the only one who can dole out real justice. Oh, you are going to love Person of Interest. I did love what I watched. I need to watch more. I'm just going to go through some of my spoiler thoughts now. Okay. Uh, Echo is in a suit. Yes. Why? Um, I think it's because he like just came from, I don't know, he's been doing priest. He's stuff. pretending to be a priest. Like that's literally, he's wearing a priest. Like, cause the thing is, he's not, he's like priest, uh, Tonsures look, or not tonsures, sorry, the, uh, those are the robes. The modern, like, priest suits, they look like suits, but they have just the clerical collar. So what yeah. he's wearing is essentially a priest uniform sans the clerical collar. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying sans in that manner. <laughs> I always say I really- it, I know it's not, I always say it like that because I read it before anything else, okay? Brittany, Dude. you wanted to talk about Emma and Zach's mom, her, the single mom. Yes. Come on, no, I had it. It's something really good, too. What, okay, so what were we talking about in regards to her? We were saying that, like, maybe, you know, the dad was the one who last got to see them. And, and he was a he, trashy like, was in Australia garbage And they, like, man. got to spend summer with I got it, them. I got it, I got it. Okay. Hurley gets put in charge of the island. Yeah. Is yeah. it at all plausible that Hurley eventually found those kids and sent them home? Yes. I would love that. I 10,000% believe that if Hurley ever found those children, they would be on a plane to the mainland within like And I mean, seconds. Ben would have known where they were. No, exactly. Maybe yeah. part of and I think Ben's it's like, like... it's the. I think we're safe assuming that Hurley got them squared away. The show kind of forgot about them, but I can't yeah. see Hurley forgetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because he had Ben with him the whole time and Ben very much wanted to atone and for like a lot of the stuff he did. It's also kind of like it's a way to close a loop for Libby too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm choosing to believe that. Yeah. Me so too. yeah, cuz they never as far as we know, like they never come back. They live with the others for the rest of their lives. So like I hope that that Hurley does that. You know what? That's a headcanon that I have now. Yeah. Oh, um that was the other thing I was going to say that's so goddamn tragic about Anna Lucia is her path on island is pretty much just repeating the trauma that happened to her in life. Yeah. Because she, her kid dies, she kills the guy who did it, and then she flees the country to go become a drunk bodyguard. And um, <laughs> That's true. But by the time, like, she's on her way home having called her mother and said, I was wrong, I want to come home, I was, like, and... Let's be real here. She kills that guy because she's traumatized. Like if she had gone to therapy and talked about these urges and been put, you know, like 
and been able to heal, like she would have been okay, but she made a terrible decision and then fled. So but I mean, no one on that island has had therapy. No, but I mean, in terms of like in the real world. And she finally oh, yeah. came to a place where she was able to say, I regret what I did. I made a mistake. I want to come home. And that's yeah. a level nobody else on Lost had reached at that point. Anna Lucia was Anna- more self-actualized than anybody else right then. Anna Lucia's mom is Claire's favorite character of all time on the show. Because she's a badass MILF. And also, like, that's another mom who's, like, heartbroken that their kid... Like, I'm honestly so happy for her mom that that she was able to get that call from Anna Lucia that said, you know what, I forgive you, I should have come home. Exactly. And I didn't have to be like, my kid died on this plane and we were in a fight. Exactly. So I'm, like, happy for them. And then then it's also, like, I think that also plays into why Anna Lucia responds so viscerally and immediately and without filter to the trauma because she's still processing the loss of her child. Like she had only just been able to admit to herself that she made a terrible mistake out of grief and she wishes she couldn't, that she could go back. And then you throw her onto the island. She has these kids who I assume would act as sort of like a redemptive in her head. She's like, I can take care of them. I can do the right thing. And then what happens to her, and I think this is, since now we're in spoilers, I can say it. I think this is what leads her to be willing to stride right up to the edge with Ben, but then also what stops her. Because she is the kind of person who can sit in an airport and call her mom and cry and say, I did the wrong thing. I I made a terrible mistake that I wish I could take back. So like she's self-actualized and logical and a good enough person to pull back from the edge sometimes when she sees it looming. But she's also traumatized and very specifically traumatized around the loss of children and feeling a lack of, of ability to control and protect those who are in her care. So it's like the island is literally her worst nightmare. It's just repeating the trauma she's already been through. So then it's like, what the hell was Jacob thinking? I think yeah. it, and this is, I think, uh, I, I was also going to say it's ironic that Goodwin and Echo kind of function as the MIB and Jacob for Anna mm. Lucia in terms of like Goodwin's thing is this very like humans are like he has that kind of humans are bad sort of thing. And it's not like it's not a one to one, but you've got in terms of Echo being testing her and wanting her to, not testing her, but wanting her to succeed her tests and Goodwin in the position where I think he does want her to succeed the test, but he's on the side that doesn't even want to render the test to her. So I think, I think with Jacob, it's, and this is something I like about Jacob is he's an asshole. He is not a nice person. Yeah. Jacob's such a jerk. And I think for him, he's so removed from the concept of humanity and impermanence and, and how deeply every human being feels every short moment of our lives, because we don't have eons to sit on a beach and watch everything matters because, you know, it could all be over in a second for us. I think for him, there is a part of Jacob that is not human anymore, that has lived too long to connect to humans. So he has an ability, like he's testing people and he's also allowing the MIB to test them at the same time because there is this lack of almost like, it's almost like the people- Humanity, there's no humanity. The people on the island are a game of Sims. 
you get bummed out yeah. mm-hmm. when you lose a sim that you spent a bunch of time buffing up and creating cool outfits for and whatever. And you're like, oh my god, why did you drown in the pool? You're such an idiot. But then you go make a new sim. Like, you're not heartbroken because you lost your sim. You're just kind of irritated because you put in all this work. I love the idea of Jacob playing Sims. Thanks so much. I think that's basically what it is. Is like yeah. the island is his big old game of Sims. And like he and the MIB both have controllers. And since he's so removed from humanity, he's just like, yeah, it's totally fair that we both test them. That'll prove who's right or wrong. So I think for him, oh, he's God. looking at the stuff that's happening to Anna Lucia. And like, it's like that thing of like, Alexa, this is so sad. Play Despacito. Yeah, no, like push it. And it's also like that thing of like pushing you up to the cliff oh, to no. see if you'll jump or not. I knew oh, you no. did. I knew that was going to happen, you butthead. Oh my God, oh, did Alexa no. start to play Despacito? <laughs> yeah, she's playing Despacito right now. Oh my God. Alexa, stop playing music. No, I didn't. I totally forgot. I just wanted to say a meme. Literally the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm sorry. Alexa, stop playing music, please. We're going to get copyrighted, Alexa. Oh, it's a cover? <laughs> oh, Because oh, yeah. my Alexa only plays covers. Yeah, I know. I know that's weird. Okay, can we move on? Yes. Yeah. So I think I know what you're going to say. I think, I think I've kind of gotten the gist of, like, just um, with context clues. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you want to talk about your theory about um, Libby and not being a psychologist? Okay. Yeah. So, um... Ironically, like the conversation we had trying to figure out what's a clinical psychologist again was kind of where I'm basing this on is like, okay, yeah, I took like some basic psych classes in college just for, you know, GE recs and stuff, but I'm not a psych major. I that's not my specialty. I've done some like volunteer counseling as someone who's been through stuff. But the reason I know stuff about the psych business and how, you know, the professional side of that works is because I've been seeing psychologists and psychiatrists since I was in third grade. Me too, the fuck. So when you are in that culture, I could probably, to someone, to a clinical psychologist, I could not pull off an act. Like, they would know to spot me. But to someone who doesn't know about clinical psychology, I could probably pretend to be a clinical psychologist as long as they weren't grilling me and get away with it. Because when you're in the psych system as a patient, You pick up the jargon, you pick up what's going on around you. I assumed that what she was going to, like, that she's not employed, that she's been in the psych ward for so long that, what do you do? Well, I'm a psych patient. And then I was whatever I was before then. So her answer is, well, I'm a clinical psychologist, because what can she fake well enough having been in the psych ward? Well... One of the people she lived with day in and day out who, you know, gave her medicine and saw her for treatment. So I always... I could fake being a psychologist for sure. No, right? Like, I always just assumed... Also, you're related to one that makes it even easier for you. It it makes it very simple. I just assumed that it's her. And it's also, like, I think it... I think it also... And, like, maybe this is just me reading into it, but there is such a stigma against admitting that you have ever been hospitalized for mental health issues like Hurley hides it Mm -hmm. so I assume Libby is doing the same thing Hurley did where people think you're crazy yeah so instead of saying where Hurley doesn't say I was in a hospital or I was institutionalized he comes up with ways to talk around it and I think that's what Libby's doing is she's lying 
because her most recent job was be a psych patient. And it's like, yeah. it's never your fault when you're institutionalized. Exactly. Like, if you're institutionalized, it's because your brain has friggin' betrayed you. Exactly. And the world, and people don't understand. And I think that's the other thing, too, where, like, instinctively, if you have mental health problems, it becomes so much easier to just kind of vaguely answer in, like, general terms. Because otherwise, you have to spend a f***ing half hour either explaining things to people. Or convincing someone you're not crazy. And it's also, like, especially think about... You know, life with Jack. this is made in 2005. Speaking as somebody, mm-hmm. like, I literally, um, in 2005, I was a senior in high school. And ironically, this is the same exact year. This works out perfectly for this anecdote. I was, uh, I did my senior year on a college campus because uh, I didn't want to go deal with other high schoolers. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um I got to take like two core classes and then everything else I took was uh, just a college class. And I took uh, geology because I just didn't. Because you were cool. Because rocks for jocks. I I didn't want to do the kind of math that chemistry or biology would require. I wanted to play with rocks. So I did that. And I was um, at the time I had like uh, an, an ed plan. I was, you know, working with the psych department at the school. And I was required to disclose this to my teachers, to go talk to them and say, I might need some, you know, um, modifications. I might be absent a few more days. Here is my, you know, note from the psych people saying you can't flunk me for missing too many days. And so he looks at all this and he was a nice guy. I loved this teacher even after he did this. And he says to me, you know, you shouldn't tell people about this. I was like, excuse me? And he's like, well, you know, I don't mind that you told me. It's just people will probably think worse of you and they might, you know, they might not respect you or they might think you're crazy. And I was like, okay, literally, I have to disclose this to you. You're like, this is actual policy right now. But that was the attitude of like, he's he's right, but he shouldn't say it. And also like, he genuinely thought he was helping me out. Yeah. He thought it would be appropriate to say to a 17 year old girl, don't tell people about your medical condition because they'll think worse of you. So I think especially when you think back to the time and the level of like pre-wokeness we were in about, you know, mental health, it makes more sense than not that Libby would lie about where she's been because most people's association would be, oh, you were in the nut house. How come you were in the nut house? Are you crazy? So I was like, yes, bitch, I'm your worst nightmare. Right? But I think actually now that I think about it in the context of the time, yeah, 1000%, I think she's just lying to cover up that she was institutionalized because she's worried about what people will think about her. Which sucks. So the next one that I had was just Goodwin. You know, Goodwin is, his last name is Stan Hope. Oh my God, his name is literally Good Hope. He's married to a lady named Harper, who is an actual, who is an actual psychiatrist. So do you think he sees through Libby? Probably. And he has an affair with Juliet, and that's the reason why Ben sends him off. Yeah, because Ben's a jealous asshole. Yeah, I I still feel like Ben Um, wanted him to die out there. That was his intention. fully he did. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that a little bit longer, uh, a little bit later too. Oh, can I, can I just mention something kind of random that I think is really funny? You better do it quick, girl. Okay, so his name is essentially Good Hope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The Cape of Good Hope is uh, at the southernmost point of Africa. And it was a very difficult crossing point, especially during the slave trade. And it was originally called the Cape of Storm. (gasps) Cool. 
The thesis. So I'm just saying that probably some writer somewhere was on Wikipedia and was like, good hope. Storm. Let's name it. This will be fun. <laughs> so let's name him Winston. No, let's put let's take the first syllable and make that the last syllable of his name and then we'll take the, the second Guy? syllable of that and then we'll put that as his last name i hate that that's how the writers think all i can say is this is a show that named christian shepherd christian shepherd and his son is jack shepherd she's right he's jesus it's jesus jesus and jesus christ like they are not particularly oh and hold the like, if you look up the philosophy names they're using, it's just like, oh my god, you guys, you wikipedia the hell out of this. In a way, I appreciate, because I do that for, like, pretentious, meaningful names. Wait, hang on. Did Wikipedia exist then, though? Yeah, Wikipedia existed in 2005, I think. Mm-hmm. Yo, you know, I'm so old that I remember a time when Wikipedia didn't exist, and I don't really want to examine that. I think it was founded in, like, the early 2000s? Okay. 2001. 2001. I was right. Wow. So, you know, Echo says he's going to pray for everybody. And, of course, you know, Echo has been, like, taking over for Yemi and everything. And I think it's something that he's actually, like, really taken to heart, obviously. He kills two of Goodwin's uh, people. And, uh, you know, I assume he promised, you know, he vowed to never kill again. And that's why he feels like he has yeah, to Yeah, it's, it's the uh, penitence. Okay, uh, about the army knife. I, that's from uh, the army occupation, right? Anna Lucia finds a U.S. army knife on one of the bodies of the others. This foreshadowed the reveal there was once a U.S. army presence on go. the island. That We learned that in Jughead, yeah. which is in season five. I was about to say it had to be from um, the occupation. Uh, Jughead. Yeah. Goodwin asks Anna Lucia if, she's, if she ever had any kids, and she says no because she had a miscarriage. Because she was shot. That is such a mean question, knowing that Goodwin absolutely knows what happened to her. Yeah. Like, that's such a dick thing to say. It's almost like Goodwin was a dick. Maybe the real the Good real riddance. Goodwin was the dicks we met along the way. Hey. Beautiful. No, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense okay, to Okay, the funny. glass eye. The glass eye. What the hell is with the glass eye? Glass eye. A glass eye was one of the three items found in the aero station by the Tailies. It was discovered inside a box along with a Bible and a radio transmitter. The only person on the island known to have lost an eye was Mikhail. However, it was later revealed that Mikhail's right eye was completely scarred over, which presumably precluded him from having use for a glass eye. An artificial eyeball, said to be the world's first, was found in excavations in the ancient Mesopotamian burnt city. Also found at this location was an ancient backgammon set, as mentioned by Locke in Pilot Part 2. So were they trying to say, like... It was one of the idiot twins? I don't know. That's what I call, like, the two, like, forefathers of the island, the mm-hmm. idiot twins. In the May 12, 2006 podcast, Damon and Carlton field a question about the glass eyeball. No clear information is revealed, but they joke at length about this and other prosthetics found on the island. See, I think it's also, like, I don't think it necessarily has to mean anything. Like, there are caches of weird stuff all around this island, and we know that there's been, like, a rotating human presence as long as well as a consistent human present or demi and like psychological experiments and mess like they yeah. could have just stuck that crap in there like someone could have gotten really high and been like oh my god you know it'd be funny and then just like put all this stuff in there and we also know that we've got like shipwrecks that are constantly like this is an island that's constantly dealing with shipwrecks it stands to reason that a merchant ship came in at some point and, you know, had a glass eye. Like, it's, there are a million ways a glass eye could get onto the island. I think they really did just put it in that box to be like, the the radio, <gasps> the eye, the Bible. Oh 
Oh my god. What? What? Okay, I'm on the theories page, which is like one of my favorite places to be. So like none of this is like canon. Canon or anything. This is just people on Lostpedia saying. Yeah. Things. Some people like a lot of things are like, oh, it's Mikhail's because blah blah blah. Yeah. But this one isn't really interesting. Someone says, what if it's Radzinski's? Because the glass eye was found together with a missing splice of the Swan Orientation film. It is likely that it belongs to the person who, according to Kelvin, removed the splice. Huh. Radzinski still has both of his eyes in 1977, but something could have happened over the next several years that caused him to lose one. Another one is, is it a possible reference to see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil, with the eye representing see, the Bible representing speak, and the radio transmitter representing hear? Could be very, although... Maybe if it is that, it's the it's the turning off of the hear, no, see, no, speak, no evil. Right. Because that, oh, okay. that's actually, in the same way I said, like, I think that actually hear, no, see, no, speak, no, folds in with what I said about, like, the three, there are three ways of yeah. communication yeah. in that box. There's seeing, there is speaking with the radio, and there's arguably knowing with the Bible, if you're going with the metaphor of, like, the Bible being a font of knowledge and a way... A, a roadmap right. to how to proceed with your life. You have, you know, hear no, see no, speak no evil in a box, and it removes the blockers she's got about Goodwin. You guys, freaking Lost is such a freaking trip. Let's, okay, listen to this one. The mural in the swan hatch is a clue because there's an image of a man with his left eye missing and crossed out. And then somebody said, as the mural shows both concrete and abstract concepts, the crossed out eye may be more indicative of spiritual blindness rather than the removal of an eye, especially considering that one is white and one is black. I'm like, guys, who's coming up with this garbage? I love it. <laughs> it's, too, it's too deep, but I, it's like, I love it anyway. You know what's ironic, yes. though? Is that actually, like, folds in to the whole idea of the hear no, speak, see no, speak no. Because, like... Totally. I mean, and this, again, goes back to, like, a more kind of, like, mythological thing of, like, the hero finds, you know, a glass eye or, like, a magic speaking something or whatever and it's able to strip away the glamours that they have had laid upon them and now they can see the truth like that's a very traditional thing in folklore is like collecting the magic objects that allow you to find the thing or see the thing or know the thing and until you collect those objects you can't see through another one here is that Annalisia asks, like, did Bernard see you out there? And that's why you were out there. No, Ben actually told him to get there. Another uh, a continuity error sort of thing that we have a problem here is that she's like, you showed up 10 minutes afterwards. And Ben says, Tale of Two Cities, that it'll take him around an hour. To yeah. So the only thing I can. Yeah. But you said something about him driving. So that's pretty chill. Like, where did he. The only thing I can think of there is like. Did they have cars? Yeah, they've got they've got cars. Yeah, yeah Ben and his people. Oh, right. uh, do they still have cars? As far as they I know, yes. Cars? We see, we see some vehicles okay. in the compound, and they use one at one point. So we know oh, right. we know that they have some sort of vehicular transport. Like it seems like they're not using them very much, but we've seen them in the present. Okay, and we know we have they have like a submarine and stuff. Yeah, we know they have that. So I I I like I think honestly that's just like a continuity like dialogue mistake, like the two hours yes. versus six yeah. hours kind of thing where sometimes that just slips through. Yeah. But also I'll buy that Goodwin could get there reasonably fast if they have like a Jeep and a track they know like where it mm -hmm. is. Like, okay, fine. I'm willing to gloss past that. I don't really like I'm not gonna get hung up on it. Yeah, that's everything right. that I have. Was I going to... Yeah, I'm good. The only thing I was going to say is 
it makes me sad watching this episode and how awesome Libby and Anna Lucia are. Like, I'm just like, mm-hmm. ah, knowing where it goes for the two of them and the lack of kind of like follow through. I, I have to say, I am, the fact that Anna Lucia was a corrupt cop in the sideways timeline really bothers me. And it will never stop bothering yeah. me because that is so antithetical to who they've built her. Like, even like Sawyer as a cop makes the same amount of sense as Sawyer as a criminal. He's still Sawyer. Yeah. Anna Lucia being a corrupt cop is not something we've ever seen any indication of. So I think that was the writer's being I think it was I think it was just kind of a sloppy dickish choice. And I I I can do the work in my head to say, well, what she needed was to find her morality again. So putting her as a corrupt cop was a way that she could grow and change and turn in and and relieve herself of the sins of her past that she doesn't even know that she's working through. But it, that, mm-hmm. that's not on the screen. You shouldn't like, have to do that That's not on work. the screen. That's me finding a way it makes sense and I can live with it. I just think it yeah. was a sloppy choice because, mm-hmm. especially because the corruption she's engaged in is so casual and like, you give me money, I let you go. Like, there's no, the Anna Lucia who shoots a guy because he murdered her unborn children is, like, that's a different level of crooked cop. Like, let's not, that just annoyed me. It makes me sad that there's, like, so much potential and she never quite, never quite gets, like, the, the real focus or attention she deserves from the writers after the other 48 days. Mm-hmm. I think that's just the story of most of the female characters on Lost. Yeah, especially, like, I hate to say it, but given that she is basically the only... I mean, we've got Nikki and Paolo later as the only other two Latino characters I can really think of. And, like, the ends mm. for... Hurley. Oh, Hurley! Oh, my God, you're right. I'm so freaking stupid. Oh, my God, Hugo Reyes. Duh. Okay, so other than Hurley, other <laughs> than Hurley, I'm, like, thinking of, like... Who, and that's the other thing, too, is, like, the coding on Hurley is weird. Because they code his parents very, very, like, stereotypically Hispanic. And then Hurley, they kind of code him as white until you meet his parents, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But I think that's another thing, too, of, like, the writers just writing from a, a perspective of, like, a straight white guy. Which is where you don't need to make any sort of distinctions about your identity because your identity is the assumed default. It's kind of like how, you know, like people on the internet will be like, well, I don't go around thinking about how I'm white. Why do you have to go around talking about how you're black? And I'm like, well, you do. You do. You have to because people make assumptions. And also, like, let's be real. White people always think like we I think of like white people. We know we're white. It's just we're the default. So we don't actually have to make any sort of, you know, like. It's like, it's like the idea that like having a race is not being white. You're either have a race or you're white and white is just like default. So it's like that kind of thing of like, it can be easy to forget that there are different life experiences based on who you are. If you're not a white guy who the world doesn't really put a whole lot of assumptions onto, unless they're like making fun of you for maybe hypothetically being named Chad, in which case cry me a river in my Twitter mentions. I don't care. <laughs> Chad. RIP Chads. All right. Yeah. I think that's uh, kind of it. Okay. Th- Sarah, thank you so much. For giving us I love you. <laughs> Five hours. Follow her at some other metal on Twitter. Make sure you can spell it or else you're not allowed to follow That's her. That's true. It's it's like yeah. a It'll riddle. It'll also be in the description, but whatever. 
You can't sit um, with us. Well, you can sit with you can't you can sit with yeah, us. Not but you if can't you sit can't Sarah. spell the other word. But Sarah's sitting with us, so I don't know how that's gonna work. Actually, I can't read. So the truth is, anyone can follow me. I just didn't want to spell it out loud and accidentally switch up letters in my head because I'm on a painkiller and spell it wrong. <laughs> straight up, I okay, that's straight up. Okay, I acted big like, mood. I acted like a snob, but the only reason I did it is because I was afraid I wouldn't know how to spell some other metal. <laughs> You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Abritania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. I got through it. You can follow at The Aficionados on a whole bunch of places, but mostly Twitter. Yeah. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. It's expensive. Please help us. if you follow the rainbow, you'll find a pot of gold. Okay, love you. Bye. (laughs) Okay, love you. Bye. I felt like I needed to add something. Love you. Bye. Hit me. This is the spoiler section for episode 208, Collision, featuring Danny Sam. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. And now we get to talk about spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Some episodes I just wait for the spoiler section. It's really too bad in episodes like this where it's like all about a character that dies so early on in the series that there's just not that many spoilers to talk about, you know? Yeah. Other than like what an injustice was done to her. Yeah. Because she was such a good character. It's true. I'm trying to find... And I just... I would love to see what would have happened if she was alive when they met Jacob and the Man in Black. Right. Like, her dark side and how that would have played out. I would have loved to see her just straight up clock Jacob and Man in Black in the face. Hopefully. (laughs) I don't... I'm just looking for some stuff about the island storyline. One of the things is that Michael says, shoot me. You're gonna shoot me? Shoot me. And then Michael ends up shooting Anna Lucia. Now, I can't remember why Michael shoots Anna Lucia. It's because the others told him that they he needs to free Ben and then um, bring back Hurley, Sawyer, Jack, and Kate. Um, and, you know, it's Michael's. It's finally Michael's opportunity to free Ben like he said he was going to. And, like, that was, like, the first part of the plan. And the only person standing in his way was Anna Lucia. So he shot yeah, Anna Lucia. Yeah, she wa- basically walked in on him and then... Libby walking on him, killing her. Yeah, and then Michael shot himself in the shoulder uh, to make it look like Ben escaped and shot everybody else. Okay, okay. It makes sense that the middleman played into this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That little shit. <laughs> <laughs> Locke and Echo meet, and that's exciting because Locke and Echo have, like, a whole thing. <laughs> you know, like... That's an understatement. Yeah, I, I mean... Locke, like, saves Echo's life in season three, and he... They also have, like, a clashing of faith. Totally, at the end of this season. It's completely, like, they they totally switch sides, because Echo is just like, who cares about pushing the button, you know, because he doesn't know about it. And Locke's, like, dead set on pushing the button, and then they switch sides, and Echo's like, we have to push the button, it's our destiny! And Echo's like, yeah, I don't have time for that. I don't get it. Um, (laughs) Like, other stuff to do. But it's interesting to me that Echo is here at the swan and he's like recognizing the logo of the of the swan because of the arrow and he and and then Locke walks up when he and Locke are two of the people including also nikki and paolo i think oh god um, oh god discover the pearl and then the pearl ties to echo's brother yes exactly so that's cool and in regards to echo and guns i think when he puts his gun down when he flees his country 
I don't think he ever touches a gun again. Ouch, that hurts. Oh, yeah. Like, because he's very anti-gun, but I don't think he ever picks up a gun again. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't recall. I mean, I can't remember anything, but that sounds right. Another thing is that Jack says, hands hands Michael a gun and says, do you know how to use this? And Michael says, yes. Mm. Don't give him the gun. <laughs> Let's see what else. Man, the last time Michael was around a gun, sorry, got shot. She's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about Mike, Anna Lucia's partner. Mm-hmm. His name's Mike. Okay. Hi, Mike. We see him again, I believe, at the beginning of season four. I'm pretty sure it's the beginning of season four. Okay. When he, like, takes Hurley in for questioning. And he's just like, oh, hey, I know you're one of the Oceanic Six. Like, there was actually somebody that I knew who was on that flight. Her name was Anna Lucia. Do you know, like, did you ever meet her? Oh, that hurts. And Hurley has to say no. It's no. so sad. It's so sad. Everyone just starts crying. <laughs> It's literally so heartbreaking that they have to lie, especially like like lying to the public at whole like in whole in general, fine. But lying to people who cared about the people that lived and died on that island is exactly. very sad. It must feel monstrous to do it, knowing that those people will never get closure. Well, that's another thing, is it's just like they finally get to have a funeral for Christian and Claire's mom walks up to Jack and it's just like, oh, like my daughter Claire was also on the plane. Like she was your half sister or whatever. And Jack has to be like, oh yeah, sorry. Like never met her. Don't know anything about that. Bye. He walks away like half sister? Half sister? What the heck? <laughs> That's one way to yeah, find right? out. Can you imagine? <laughs> I hit my dad's funeral. I have to pretend I don't know this person. Oh, and wait, she's my sister. Yo, I would not have been able to hide it. I would have been like, say what now? Uh-uh. I'd be like, what? <laughs> um, Anna Lucia says that she's better off alone, and that reminds me of season six Sawyer after somebody. I know Brittany's going to be mad at me stop for bringing it. it up. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. But it's important. It didn't happen. After she passes away, he, like, throws away his wedding ring that he was going to propose to her with, and he says that he, <laughs> that some people are better off alone. You know what's interesting is that I hate you and I don't want to be on this podcast anymore. Yeah. It's been like a decade or more and I still haven't recovered from that. It was so traumatizing. (laughs) When it aired, I bawled my eyes out. It was so traumatizing. (laughs) She deserved better. I can actually, I almost never say that because I always, always like understand writing choices. But she really did deserve better. It's true, and you know what? Like Michelle said, like specifically, like wanted to leave after a year, so we can't like totally blame the writing, but still. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about Juliet, but also same. Oh, I was talking about Anna Lucia. Sorry. You know what? I agree with both. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah. Honestly, that's all my spoilers. Do you guys have any other spoiler thoughts? Unfortunately, like with a character that passed away, like like I said, you know, there's not a lot of spoilers to talk about. She's kind of contained into this season, and. There's not going to be a lot of spoilers, I think, for the entire arc of the show. Yeah. Because it's more of the creating the beginning of the Tailies and the Beechers, like, together. Yeah. Um, what were you saying? I can't remember what we were saying about, um, Jacob and the Man in Black before. That the story of Gilgamesh... Oh, right. Did you want to talk about that? I don't know a lot about Gilgamesh. I just looked it up on Lostpedia, basically. But how... (laughs) How basically Gilgamesh, when they fight, basically just kill this god's bull, 
and then his friend taunts the gods. It's kind of how um, Gilgamesh and his friend are, you could say Gilgamesh is the light and his friend is the dark, and in taunting the gods, like the man in black taunts the island. Gotcha. I'll take it. Yeah, I was like, okay, oh, damn, all right. I love it. All right, well, Danny Sam, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Yeah, thank you, dude. This was really fun. I loved it, actually. Oh, I'm so glad that you loved it. I was like, I hope she knows that we're just two idiots who just make bad jokes. Yeah. (laughs) You had, yeah, you had so many great insights. We loved having you on. It was fun. It was nerve-wracking, but it was fun. (laughs) Do you want to remind us where we can find you on the internet again? Find me pretty much everywhere, Twitter, I think Instagram, uh, at Sam's Jazz, or I think Instagram is at Sam's underscore jazz. Sweet. Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Abertania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end, and I almost spelled my own name wrong. <laughs> and we and you can follow at the Aficionados all over the heckin' place. Are we doing this backwards? No, ma'am. I'm very stressed out. No, no, it's Patreon, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's backwards. We we always do our Twitter things last. I have not changed anything. (sighs) Anyway. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it because um, this is expensive to do. It's so expensive. It's very expensive. Especially because we're like, let's make another one. Yeah, it's getting more yeah, it's getting more expensive because <laughs> we keep getting more and more like ambitious. Yes, and it takes up more and more of our time because we're also editing it all. So like, please help us. We can't work. <laughs> we can work, we're just lazy. Um we're like working like 16 hour days. Like we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you, bye. Bye. Ignore him, he's an idiot. This is the spoiler section for episode 209, What Kate Did, featuring John. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Welcome to the spoiler section. Woo! Finally! So much baby foreshadowing. Oh my god. Okay, I want to hear about this baby foreshadowing you speak of. I'm very interested. Go ahead. So, oh, oh, all the Aaron foreshadowing. Oh, it's everywhere. Oh my god. He was like hardly in this episode, so I'm really interested in what you... Wait, this okay so in the context of the whole series it there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff about trash parenting but it's also about babies and so i mean the cycle like they're right. getting ready for the cycle of life to continue which is interesting considering Aaron does not appear in this episode but we yeah. the episode begins with what to me is very clearly Jion's conception mm, yeah Ooh, right like, good point this is the only time in the show where you know that Jin and Sun had sex and the show happens... Like, the timing is heckin' like, off, but that's what they, they lead but you to believe. The, maybe. I mean, time moves so slow on the show. Like, Sun will mm-hmm. be having symptoms of pregnancy within a couple of weeks, and... That's true, that's true. Could be an island thing. Yeah, like, well, it, within a couple of weeks, but the, the compression, like, I think the the usual rate is that an episode is usually, like, a, like a, like a day or two days. Yeah. So it's pretty plausible that that Sun will be like four weeks present pre- pregnant by the middle of season three. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So like we watch what I'm pretty sure is Gion's conception. Let's see. I, I want to find this because the Aaron stuff. Like I was like, oh my god. The thing that starts Kate's life on the run is her saying to her mother, "I took care of you." 
Yeah. And what's interesting to me is that, yeah, Kate took care of her mother and now she's running. So why does Kate stop running at the in season five is she needs to take care of she needs to take care of 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 another mother. She needs to get Claire mm-hmm. yeah. like season five is like all you know, all those pathologies I talked about earlier. Season five is where all the cycles break permanently. Like season two, everybody almost gets off their bullshit, but everybody gets back on their bullshit. Like, Saeed picks up the baggage. We'll, we'll talk about more Saeed in a second. But I thought that there was some nice symmetry in the idea that Kate starts running because she took care of someone and she stops running to take care of someone, which is Aaron and Claire. Get them, a parent and child, back together. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah, like, the separation of parent and child seems to really be deeply set in Kate and makes it really important for her to get Claire back for her son. Now, what was that other one? I'm going to find it. No, I think that was it. Maybe that was the big Aaron okay. thing. It's just like, I, 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 just, <laughs> that was hilarious. I was just thinking about the, the, the parent-child reunion theme a lot. And like so right. much of Kate's life on the run is about a broken mother-child relationship. And that, mm-hmm. like, it made me start thinking about season five. You know, Sawyer's will to survive is broken by wanting to do right by Juliet's desire to reset the timeline and Jack mm-hmm. finally starts to become a man of faith, even though it <laughs> wrecks history. Um, yeah. And uh, Saeed, like Saeed goes full murder bot. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Saeed. Oh, Saeed. Um, so what did they do to you? Going to the lock and echo storyline, mm. they talk about the blast doors and obviously those are really important in an episode called lockdown, yeah. but also like lock, like uses the, blast doors to like keep echo and charlie out in the finale oh yeah oh oh yeah so he like uses those oh yeah i i um but also they like crush his leg that's true yeah lock is down in the episode lockdown yeah lol yeah they love their puns it's um also michael talks about oh sorry go what, ahead. what? please I'll, I'll get to mine later no you i get to talk here all the time yeah but i feel like i talk a lot so I mean, that's that's, that's the point. You're the guest. guest you oh, oh gosh, um, I uh, the thing you were saying about Locke and they in in the hatch and lockdown. It reminded me of the stuff we were talking about earlier with Locke's arc this season, which um, yeah, you start to see them setting up that Locke is almost a foil for Echo. Like that Locke, this is that we're going to a direction where Locke's faith is going to be challenged, and he's going to get off the man of faith wheel. Mm-hmm. And in the finale, he's going to be very like he's going to become a very much a doubting Thomas and very very wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, so he it's getting he's getting primed for you know Ben to get inside his head and like wreck and like destroy his faith. <laughs> um, oh, Ben, you beautiful asshole! In one of the best exchanges in this show ever, just like why so why, so why do you push the button again? And Locke's like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love oh, Ben with oh. my whole heart. I, I found the other foreshadowing thing. I'm oh, so yay. sorry. It was the line your mama gave you up, Kate. Mm. Oh, that one hurts my feelings. And now I'm, it makes me think about like Kate and Aaron and maybe foreshadowing why Kate is so insistent on taking on taking care of Aaron. Yeah, she's like, I know what it's like. And, and she never tells him. She never tells him that his mom gave him up. 
Yeah. Yep. She she saw she lived in a toxic environment and she was like, I'm going to do better than this. Yeah. And she gives Aaron an idyllic life. Like, yep. and you notice in season four, like during Kate's episode, she they're like, it's like, so Kate, you're just going to run again. She's got that baby. And she's like, nope. There, she doesn't have to. She's like, are you are you a flight risk? And she's like, nope. 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 And you believe her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's cold as ice when her mother's like, I'll, I'll testify on your behalf. You just got to let me meet my grandson. And she's like, nope. Nope. Mm-mm. You can you can say whatever the hell you want, but you do not get this baby. Yeah. She looks at, she looks at her mom. She's like, and you could choke. <laughs> Michael talks about the missing pieces and missing pieces is what like the little like web web series was called. Yeah. The one where he makes out with Sun and like where they have a scene where they flash back to him and Sun having an affair in one up at one point in time. Ew, Bob! No, sir. What are you talking about? There's one of the lost missing pieces that was aired in season four involves like a a stolen moment where it's literally just it's called buried secrets and it's Sun burying the driver's license that she was going to use to run away and then michael finds her and she's like eh, and they have like some weird sexual tension but they don't kiss they don't touch or anything that's it thank you for correcting me i uh You're welcome. i, I was like that's too far that is too far no 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 you will you not besmirch my beautiful son um yeah <laughs> yeah no no I, it, like it feels like early in season one uh they they you know you you get the sense that there may be an a like an aborted like love triangle between like Michael and Fully. son and, and Fully. Jen. Yeah. Just like, I feel like the conversation on the beach is like an aborted love triangle with Jack and Anna Lucia. Right. Like, Cause they never really go there with Jack and Anna Lucia. It, it goes in a different direction. No. Well, another, yeah, it's weird. Another thing is, it's just like, it's really interesting that they were going to, if Michael's son, Jin was going to be a love triangle, they did exactly what you want to do with love triangles. Like they, what they sort of almost did on, on the hundred is that they were like, we have a love triangle, but instead of making it a love triangle, we're just going to make the two people of the same gender friends. Hmm. Exactly. And then we'll just forget about that other one. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, when they, like when they abort a love triangle, you mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 This is like, let's just um, make Clark and Raven pals. Um, yeah. So hashtag princess mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> I'll die by that. Shit. Michael is asking if he can check out the hardware and Locke says, okay, just don't break it. Because I have to do that in season in the season two finale. Foreshadowing. That's my job. Oops. Oh, that means... Oh, sorry. Please. No, go ahead. I was going to uh, digress to the film, but I, you, yes. if you have any further equipment thoughts, please. Claire mentioned that Echo kind of got the story of Josiah and the Book of Law a little bit wrong, and I made sense of that by saying that he has not been a priest for very long. Hmm. So he That's might fair. just not know. That's a good point. Um. Okay, so yeah, about the film, why was it cut? Why is it in the arrow? Go off. All right. Um, so the, the footage that was edited out. So the, the edited footage, to me, the significance of it is that it feels like it's very clearly setting up the red herring of the swan being a psychological experiment. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like, please, it's like, whatever you do, don't talk to the outside world or they're going to tell you what you're doing in here is bullshit. Mm. And, and it's like, so I think that it's part of the psychological experiment factor that plays into the double twist ending of season two, which is it's all a psychological experiment. And then they find out that the question mark station is the actual bullshit one, 
when they find right. the pile of of uh, the tube messages, <laughs> and then they're like, and and they're like, wait, wait, this is the bullshit hatch. Then that means, and then every the shit is just all going down at the hatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, it was so unfortunate. It's just like they thought they had it figured out for so long, and then there was a double twist. Yeah, and th- that which reminds me also, like the thing I almost said about Desmond earlier is that. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I, I think that there was a point at which they wanted to bring Henry and Cusick back just for that finale. Because mm-hmm. there's a yep. there's a version of the, that story where, where De- Desmond's character ending at I love you, Penny, turns the key is kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, they could oh have. God, that they hurt. literally could have just been oh. like, and he died. And he died, but Penny still finds the island, you know, right. and then there's like, and it's not. And, you know, it doesn't turn into a love story for the ages. But, yeah. oh. Well, thank God we don't live in that universe. Yeah, exactly. Because just give Desmond his pasta. He just really loves Penny. Loves Penny. <laughs> that was the worst. No, everyone leave right now. It's the accent, you see. Penny. Don't, don't you get it? When you say Penny with a Scottish accent, it yeah. sounds like Penny. Ian's fake accent? Penny. Well, no, no, that's his real accent. The Scottish? No, it's not. What? That's not, no. Does he What's put his on every single thing he does? Ian There's has... no way that his cane accent is the is his accent. His no. Cane, his his cane accent in the first season, where he's trying really hard to be American, is kind of close. Towards the end, when he starts getting lazy and his t- words take on lilts, that's closer. But his he's kind of got that sort of continental accent now, where it's not quite really much of anything. Where it's a little bit American, it's a little bit British, it's a little bit Scottish, but it's mostly just confusing. So is his scandal accent basically his real accent? Where he's just no, like No, that that's his affected British accent. Oh. Oh I... yeah. So wait, Desmond is not his real accent? It might have been back then, but No, it wasn't. But he loves Penny. Mm-hmm. He does. Oh, he does so much. Who 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 got the constant? Who, what guest locked down the constant? Uh, Brittany's girlfriend, Sam, had, <laughs> she got, like, bias. <laughs> eternal, she got, like, eternal dibs on it. Yeah. Yeah, because oh. I told her, she, I made her watch Lost. Like, Robin and I made her watch Lost. Oh, man. Um, and we also made Claire watch Lost. Robin is solely responsible for Claire watching Lost. I well, will oh, take that. Well, I don't know if it's true, but I'll take it. Thank you, Robin. Yeah. That was a that no. was a that was a pretty wonderful couple of months on Twitter we had there. I know it was so incredible. Those that was that the was... best live tweet ever. Yeah. Yep. It was Robin and Joe Garfine. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah. Yeah. My my live tweet of the hundred paled in comparison. Oh, I loved it though. I'm Aww. so sad that it's over. I didn't just... even know it was over. Well, I it's because I got so engrossed in the later seasons that I stopped tweeting. You know. Yeah. Another thing that you really wanted to talk about was uh, the prosthetic arm. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, just, oh, the, yeah, the prosthetic arm, they, um, <laughs> you're giving me a lot of spoiler space, and I, I'm grateful. Um, <laughs> the prosthetic arm, I feel like there's a whole running thing throughout the show where, like, different videos were shot at different points. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> because he uses different names. He's, like, he's sometimes he's Marvin Candle, sometimes he's Edgar Hallowax, sometimes he's Dr. Pierre Chang. Like he keeps... and then oh, what's the last one? The last one is um, Wickmond, Mark Wickmond, Mark Wickman. the um, Candleman. Yeah, yeah. So he basically 
And he changes his name, and they're shot at different points in time. So you're just like, oh, he has two arms in this one. Oh, now he has one arm. Oh, now he has a prosthetic. Did I tell you, Udi, you want to hear my big revelation on to why I think that is? Why is that? I am obsessed with it. Okay. So I was I never realized that he had a prosthetic arm. And, I, and then when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, he totally does. And I don't know why that is. Like, I don't get it. And But after I had, I had just recently watched The Incident, and I realized mm-hmm. that Pierre Chang gets his left arm stuck behind, like between, like the like two pieces of big machinery, and it gets all like bloody. And Miles has to save him. Oh yeah. And I'm like, holy crap! That's why he has a prosthetic arm. Yeah. I can't believe they retroactively like fixed that. Oh no! I mean, I think that they like during the live airing of season five. I mean, everybody was like, is he going to lose his arm? It's like the, it's like that weird, it's like the Crispin Glover subplot of hot tub time machine where everybody's just like, is he going to lose the arm now? Yep. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I'm weirdly waiting for someone to lose their arm. What's going on here? (laughs) Yeah. So like, as they introduce more of the videos, you're going to see like they change, they keep changing his name and they keep sometimes having him have an arm and have not an arm. Yeah. You just have to be like, when, like, did the incident happen yet or no? Is this pre or post incident exactly? Yeah. So like, and obviously the Swan video is post incident. Yes. The last bit, uh, the last spoiler thing I think I really wanted to talk about was Saeed. Yeah. Okay. Can I? Let's just real quick. I'm gonna go through the like finish this storyline and then we'll talk about that one. Oh, of course, please. So Michael is talking to Walt, and I think it was like I always thought that that just wasn't Walt. It was fully just an other being like beep boop beep boop. Who this? Oh my god, Dad! But. <laughs> Um, apparently... Yeah, but, like, it sounds exactly like that. Yeah. Beep boop, beep boop, yeah. (laughs) But apparently, like, Damon and Carlton, like, said that it actually was Walt, so I assume then, I guess, the others were just like, talk to your dad, Walt. He definitely won't come here into danger. Like, is the idea No, I fully believe that was Walt. Because, uh, because Walt knows that the the camp is bullshit at the end, is is this, like, him just in New Otherton, like, in the suburbs, just, like, at at a computer? I don't think so. I think he was in... That's what Sawyer calls it in, um, yeah. in season three. Or in, se- in season four or something. Yeah, or something. God, I love you, soy sauce. Uh, Walt is in room 23, which is on the other island. So he's on Hydra Island somewhere. Oh. Yeah. So on to the other storyline. I just wanted to think about like that Libby and Claire deleted scene where Libby says, hey, you're wearing one of my shirts. It's okay. It looks good on you. You can keep it. They, even though they didn't use it here, they do end up using it later uh, when they give kate that dress in season three and she finally meets alex and alex is just like hey you're wearing my dress you can have it yeah. it's fine oh that's right oh yeah. good catch oh god thank you alex alex so sad alex bring her Much back tragedy uh i don't know why i have this written down but what is it is it weird no, I, I just underlined the Jack and Kate kiss. It was probably just like, you know, they end up kissing a lot later because they like get engaged and stuff. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say they were pretty endgame yeah. in the end there. With another dramatic shower reveal. Oh, frick. Still mad about it. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, I think that the smartest thing that the show did was make Jack and Kate endgame, but make them Im- make them a- but make them implode first. Like, yeah, right. Like and the season four, like the season four, self, like Jack self destructs and ruins it, it ruins the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's actually a pretty good story. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, because he can't look at Aaron because it's his yeah. nephew. Literally. Oh my God. I was just thinking 
and we kind of talked through this a little bit, but like what happens with Skate in season three is kind of weird if Kate still thinks of him as her dad. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I can't stop thinking about that now. But I kind of like, you know, my headcanon is that she then dispels that right right there, then and there. And uh, now I can ship Skate again. Yay. She, she resolves the transference. Yay. Um, talk about Saeed now. Okay. I have strong opinions about uh, Saeed and Shannon as Endgame and how yeah. it's, it's a good thing. and how. Oh, it was, wow, that's mm-hmm. interesting. It was one of the, I Andrea think, Gabriel didn't think so. Well, yeah. Well, Andrea, you know, she has a vested interest in her character. And, you know. It's true. She also, maybe in the end, log, she logged more story time for Saeed, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, what I think is that this episode really showed why. Like, and where Saeed goes from here really showed why. Like, Saeed had... Saeed had this baggage of he was a torturer and he did horrible things. And he did many of the horrible things he did was to this woman that he cared about named Nadia, who he loved. So eventually he became obsessed with finding Nadia. Like, and along the way, he's trying to make atone for all this other stuff. Like he's on an atonement walkabout. Everybody's on a walkabout <laughs> until he gets to the island. And then he just kind of starts dating Shannon and being happy. He gets to put down the quest. Yeah. Like, Saeed just gets to be a charming motherfucker with with Shannon. Like, he's got game. <laughs> he has total game. But, like, when he, you know, he makes her the tent, like, you know, they're, the Boon Death Knight date is really actually a pretty great date. Yeah. Yep. Even her own Death Day date was a great date. Yeah. Like he, he, Saeed's got game. He's like a good, he flirts really well. Like he, you see him really getting to be a, a better person, you know? And he's, you know, he's a pretty like emotionally mature boyfriend too. So he's clearly grown from his experiences from his past. But mm-hmm. um, Shannon dies, is sort of taken from him in a cruel act of fate. And he kind of goes back on the, on the on the mission yep and so it's it's right back to finding nadia and you know he eventually finds nadia and he marries his baggage oh god i never thought about that and then of course nadia is also what happens when 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 nadia is also killed is that he becomes a fucking hitman like he got he goes full dark knight of the soul Mm -hmm. and then which is like I love Saeed, but the fact that his character motivation is constantly the death of a woman just kind of grates on me. Well, it's just, yeah, I mean, his character, well, to be fair, his character motivation for a long time is that he tortured a woman. If that's any better. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's That's true. That's a different level of terrible. You're right. He wants to detoxify, you know? Yeah. He's. Which is good. Yeah. It has, it, You're right. Do you remember Claire referring to Saeed as as like blo- as blow dry Euro trash Saeed? <laughs> no, but that sounds so right. Like econ- like economist era Saeed, where he's got like the yeah, blow dry yeah, straightened. Yeah. <laughs> I remember um, that. But anyway, it, there's something to that feels very special about you know in sideways world, like him find, getting to find Shannon again, and that that's what sets him at peace. Yeah, that's the thing that, that, like, she's the one he wanted to cross over with. Yeah, and it felt like she's the one he wanted to cross over with. And Nadia was in the sideways as another obstacle. As yeah, as the, th- the symbol married to his brother. 
Like, yep. Yep. it's just like, oh, hey, we're in the sideways world. Oh, and this is this is the, like, everybody is placed in the sideways world with, like, a big obstacle to that represents their core issue. Mm-hmm. So, um... I never thought about Nadia being the, the issue and not the solution. That's fascinating. Oh, yeah, Nadia is... 100%. It, Nadia represents Saeed's baggage. Damn. Nope. Yeah, right? I like it. Um, I like it. Going into flashback spoilers, uh, she mm-hmm. wants to go to Tallahassee, and there is a man from Tallahassee. The I, mean, I, that could be. Yeah, I just want to look up, like, what the... Tala... Oh, world locations. Sure. It's the capital of Florida. Yeah. It's Tallahassee. It's the, it's Anthony the Cooper. Of- there's not a lot to it. There's a king. It's the king of trash cities. There you go. Yeah. Um. No, that's mean. It's not really. I've. I've. I haven't been there since seventh grade. Oh my gosh. Um. But it's um. The king of trash. That's cities. right. Anthony Cooper, A.K.A. the real Sawyer. Yes. Oh, I found a trivia. One of the ongoing gags on the show is to make fun of Tallahassee. Mm. In a podcast, a fan asked this as a question to Damon and Carlton. Why does the city of Tallahassee hate you? Carlton answers, I don't know why they hate us, but they hate us, so we deservedly are hating them back. Mm, that's funny. That's <laughs> Wait, isn't Jason Mendoza from Tallahassee? Uh, Jacksonville. No, Jason Mendoza is from Jacksonville. Jacksonville. As, yeah. is, as is clear from his uh, war chant, Bortles! Bortles! Oh, right, duh, duh. Diane gives her up, and of course, you know, we've kind of already discussed the trial and everything, but she's like, please, could I see my grandson? And she's like, pass by. But, like, mm-hmm. she, even though she's, like, no, she still doesn't testify against her, so. Interesting, yeah. The bare are. minimum of good mom yeah. moves. Kate's relationship with Edward Mars, you know, he ends up chasing her for another three years, and he's kind of obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. I'm about I'm it, honestly. Her. I wish I could see more. Like, obviously, I'm not, like, ship it. But, like, I don't know. I just find that <laughs> relationship to be so interesting. I'd love to have seen more of it. Like um, cat and mouse ship, Mars and uh, Kate. Yeah. Cat, yeah. It's like friends exactly. shipping, but just about the chase. And then just with Sam, Austin, and Saeed and how, you know, they kind of come together in Kuwait or Coop or whatever, that place. Mm-hmm. I didn't even... Did you just try and say Kuwait? Yeah, or whatever. Oh, buddy. I am... Um... Oh, is that the shipper name for Anthony Cooper and Kate? God, no. What? Thank you. That was horrible. I hate it. Art. <laughs> I like you both a lot. Um, <laughs> this is um, I didn't even catch Kate's dad in that Saeed episode. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, how did you catch that dude? I don't know. Well, I was too distracted I, I by. I was too distracted by um, what's his name? Uh, by uh, by uh, uh, Kelvin. Kelvin, the actor who plays. Ke- yeah, the, uh, Mr. Crab. I was too distracted by Clancy Brown. I. Yeah. I Fair enough. Because I was like, oh, hey, that's Clancy Brown. That's awesome. Because we hadn't even seen Kelvin yet on the island. Yes. Well, I do believe that Sam Austin also has a picture of his daughter or, or something. And she's like younger. And so it's like, who dat? And he's like, it my daughter or something like that. Oh, oh, so they like it, lampshade it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's exactly how he says it too. Is, it my daughter. Who dat? <laughs> it my daughter. It's, it's good Saeed writing. It's who dat? I yeah. mean, his yeah. classic catchphrase. Who dat? Yeah, God, it's just so Saeed, you know. Yeah. Um, should we do our final outro? Yeah, are we all done with spoilers? I am. I'm just checking really quick to see if there are any other. No, no, I, I've covered all my my bases. 
Okay, John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yay, this is really fun, guys. Thank you so much for letting me talk. I love this show. Um, I've enjoyed your company for the last several hours. Dope. Sorry, we forgot to warn you that it runs a little long sometimes. Oh no, I, this is this is very on brand for me. I could talk for hours about anything. <laughs> Perfect. Especially and we'll, uh, we'll have you on again next season. Yes, yes, I'm to do the same looking thing? forward to to lots of uh, candidates for favorite line and Trisha Tanaka is dead. Oh my gosh. And can you uh, remind us one more time about what your Twitter is? All right, you can find me on Twitter at John Delaporta. That's John with an H and then D-E-L-L-A-P-O-R-T-A at the end. Perfect. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Yeah. And you can follow me at Abritania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at the Evictionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebable, but mostly Twitter. Oh, also YouTube. And not Pinterest. <laughs> I forgot. Way to go, dummy. Sorry. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados if you are interested in that Patreon side of things. It's always expensive. I snapped to do awkward double finger guns. It is. We, we did it. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Well, your bed's gone, Ma. This is the spoiler section for episode 110, the 23rd Psalm, featuring Steven. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. <laughs> Yay! Okay, welcome to the spoiler section. Oh my god. So is that song not about Ben? I, I think it's also about men in black, in my opinion. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking Smokey, but I didn't think Ben. But oh, Smokey be, fits much better. Could be, could yeah. be Ben, though. Yeah. Basically, just anyone, character, who's, yeah. anyone who's crappy on the island, you get that song. Yeah. The tearing you apart definitely thought Smokey. Right, oh, yeah. right. Okay, so I barely remember parts of this. So why can Echo look at the smoke monster? Like, well, that's another. Really... That's, a, that's a question, is that it's just like, why does MIB choose not to kill Echo in this moment, considering in season three, he does. Yeah! That's what I could never understand. Why did he not at this time and then did later? I mean... My big question, like, the thing is that Adewale asked to be written off the show in season three because both of his parents passed away. Oh, God. Yeah, so uh, I think they kind of just had to write him off really quickly, and they thought, I guess we'll just make it the smoke monster, not remembering, I guess, that the smoke monster chose not to kill him this time. Like, yeah, I'm just not sure. I think they said it was because, ultimately, that they realized that they couldn't, the smoke monster couldn't use him because he wasn't remorseful of what he did, but I, I would have thought he could have figured that out from the first time he met Echo that he wouldn't be able to use him. Yeah, so right. I, I never could figure that one out, still can't. Yeah, I think that's just kind of like a thing. Plus, I would argue that Echo is remorseful. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. He seems to be. Well, he's he's remorseful when he kills the people on the island, but in the, in the future of the episode that he dies, he makes a big deal that he, he feels no remorse for, for anything he did. It was the life that was given to him, and he right. did the best he could. And then that's when the smoke monster killed him. Right, does he not say that, like, to the smoke monster, too? Like, as Yemi? Yeah, as Yemi. Yeah. So, right. so that's when the smoke yeah. monster decides to kill him, but I don't see why he wouldn't have got the same result from this first meeting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just not sure. Okay, so Claire and Echo have a conversation, and in two episodes at, in Fire, Fire and Water... At the end, Echo baptizes Claire and Aaron, so they have, like, a connection oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so Does he really even have the authority to do that, though? 
I don't know. He went to London. Yemi's, you know, he went to London and took Yemi's place at that. Oh yeah, thing, right. So he does have some. Yemi signed a paper. It's legit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie and Echo end up having a connection as well because they cho- they like build the church together. Okay. Later. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. And we talked about MIB already, so we can skip through that. Um. We talked about the be- the the beard braid, which. Symbolizes the two others that he kills. And That's then, so weird! And then he cuts it off and gives it to Ben. And Ben's like, what am I supposed to do with Ben's this? Ben's like, ew. Like, thanks for the beard, dude. I guess. That's such a weird thing to do! I know. Um, when they find the plane upside down, the pearl is underneath it. The big question mark. Oh! The, yeah. The pearl station. So yeah. Like, when you were saying, like, I think that it's being monitored. Yeah. I don't know. Like, we know that at some point Ben and Juliet go to the Pearl to look at them, but I don't know if they do that, like, super... Like, so it's plausible that that's what they're doing. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing it at the Pearl. Yeah. Okay. I knew there was something about monitoring going on, but I can't remember what it was. Um, and Echo recites the 23rd Psalm incorrectly, but so does Charlie, so I don't know. (laughs) Because he hasn't been a priest his whole life. And, yeah, Charlie ends up going freaking nuts and is garbage. (laughs) Great summation of Charlie. Yeah. Um, in the other storyline, Locke says, we can't just have people walking in and taking guns. No. And he says that to Michael, who then does that. It kind of hurts. So great. Um, uh, he teaches Michael how to shoot. And, you know, we talked about how he might feel responsible for what happens in Two for the Road after that. And they're also wasting Ranch. And Ranch ends up being important in Hurley's episode, Dave. Why? I think he, like, takes a handful of ranch and eats it. Ew! He hoarded the ranch. That was one of the things he was... Oh, right, yeah. He, like, has it on his little shelf or whatever. One thing I couldn't... Oh, my God. I couldn't figure... I I forgot. At this point in time, do we know that how they're getting the the pallet drops? Has that happened yet? I'm just going... No. No, I think that happens next episode. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not totally sure, but I think it's, like, very soon. Because all I get is if this is all the food they know they have, to just be out shooting it just seems like a very poor idea. Totally agree. Like, at least use an empty can. Like, yeah. I don't even like ranch or, dressing, but it still seems like a bad idea. Exactly. It's like, if, if you're in a pinch, it's kind of food. Yeah, exactly. Like, th- that island is full of coconuts. Go for a coconut. Yeah. Locke also says we can't have people, like, running off, or, like, you shouldn't run off, and or whatever, and, like, Michael's like, yeah, I totally won't do that, ha 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 Just kidding. Does. Um, Hurley helps Libby, and they end up, like, falling in love and stuff. That was so sweet. I kind of forgot about Hurley and Libby. Yeah. I love it. I love them, too. Yeah. Um, and in flashback spoilers... Let's just see, let's just see. Um, uh, they need the statues for the polio vaccine later. I can't remember if it's in question mark. I think it's in cost of living, though, is when um, they, like, Echo takes over Yemi's church, mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh, we're finally getting our polio va- vaccine, and then those people keep coming and, like, taking their pol- half their polio vaccine in exchange for protection. Jesus. And then Echo ends up being like, no, you suck, and then, like, killing people in the church, and they have to burn the church down. So when Echo says, like, my friends will burn your church down, and then the church ends up actually getting burned. Yeah, he was fully not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> as far as the things being blessed, that's what I was thinking, too, is that the 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 other lady there, she said that the reason they had to board up the church was because it was no longer sacred. 
because he had killed someone. Oh, yeah. Did they not burn it? They just boarded it up, didn't they? Well, they boarded it up. I don't know if it got burned or what. I just know they were boarding it up. Right. Maybe I'm just misremembering. That's really sad, though, because that was such, like, a symbolic place Mm -hmm. for all of them. Yeah. That's all I got. That's it. What do you guys think? I'm trying to remember, um, what episode does Echo die in? Cost of Living. And what happens there? He, like, it's so weird. He gets, like... Locke has, like, some vision or whatever, and he's just like, Echo's in trouble. And Echo ends up being in a polar bear cave, and so they have to go into the cave and get Echo, and then Echo's, like, really weak and stuff, and, like, says some things to Charlie, I think it is, and then Echo gets, like, taken- I think I'm remembering this correctly. Echo gets, like, taken by the smoke monster, and then- because Echo ends up seeing Yemi, like, MIB's version of Yemi, mm-hmm. because Yemi's body is on the island, and, like, starts following Yemi, because Locke has visions from the island, and then Echo starts getting visions from the island, and sees Yemi a whole bunch of times, and then he's, like, talking to Yemi as if it is Yemi. I'm hoping I'm remembering all of this correctly. But it's but, not Yemi. That's the But it's not Yemi, and then I believe Yemi ends up, like, saying, like, oh, like, what, you think I'm your brother? Oh! And then, he, and then he kills him. I think. Do you remember? I, I don't know if you might know more. Yeah, I, I watched this recently. It, it was, uh, he, Echo actually went with Locke and Paolo and Nikki to the to the Pearl. Right, right, right. And it, it was while they were down in there, Echo stayed up top. And that's when he chased after his brother and the smoke monster right. killed him while they were all down in the, in the station. Okay. But that definitely was the man in black. Yeah. You, you speak to yeah. me like I'm your brother. God. Oh, he's such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so then, is that, like, do you remember, do you recall exactly how he dies? It's just the smoke monster attacks him, right? Yeah, just, like, pounds him up against a couple trees and then drops him down. And he, you know, Locke flips him over. He's still alive and he can get a last couple words in. And he says... You're next or we're next. Or, yeah, you're next. And then he just dies from internal injuries, I guess. Right, and then and then Locke like sees his stick, and his stick says "Look up, John," or "Up," or "Look north, John," or something like that. And then Locke thinks of that. Yeah. So, did you see his death coming? Like when you were watching live, like did you know that it was something that was going to happen? No, I did not. And even after he died, it's like, oh, he couldn't have really died. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No that that one was probably the biggest surprise of the whole series to me. I yeah, I did not see that coming. When I first heard afterwards that he that you know Adewale wanted to leave the show I heard it was just that he didn't like Hawaii I was like well that stinks but then later heard about his parents and oh god you gotta feel awful for the guy so certainly mm-hmm. makes sense why he left but that was always kind of my biggest lingering question was you know Damon and Carlton said many times that they had big you know end of the show plans for Mr. Echo and then when he wanted to leave they had to change that and I always just wanted to know what their original plan was. I don't think we ever will. Yeah, I was just about to ask. Damn, yeah. I would love to know what their original plans for Echo were. I tried to, I tried to find... Someone's, someone's <laughs> got to ask them. I tried to find an interview, but I remember them one time saying that kind of Daniel Faraday coming in kind of took the place, which there's a totally opposite character. Wow. But I didn't even know that. That's but, amazing. So, obviously the story changed. Yeah. But... And to say that I heard another interview where they just said it just left more room for characters for, for other characters. So I don't know if what actually changed, but that was all just kind of that's my lingering lost question is what would have happened if he didn't 
want to leave the show. Yeah, because, like, I was kind of wondering, like, whether or not sort of the role that Desmond took on later hmm. would have had any, yeah, no, like, definitely. tie-ins with Echo. Because of just sort of, like, especially in season six, whether that sort of would have been Echo's role more. But I guess Daniel makes more sense, because he's on the island. Well, another thing is that Echo is supposed to be, was supposed to be in the finale. They had, like, a thing ready for him to be in the finale. And unfortunately, Adewale asked for more compensation than they were willing to give him, and so he wasn't able to come on. Oh, yeah. That's a bit brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I was still hoping right. he would show up all the way to the end. That was the, the one character yeah. I wanted to see again. They wanted him to, Steven. They wanted him to. Darn it. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's bullpucky. <laughs> That's yeah! bullpucky. <laughs> That's the perfect place to end the pod. Yeah, I <laughs> Um, okay, well, Steven, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you very thank much. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Good, <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, uh, I know we, like, just heard from you, but would you tell everyone what your Twitter is one more time? At Lucky13Steve. <laughs> Lucky13Steve. I like it. Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at the Aficionados on a whole bunch of places, but mostly Twitter. Yeah. We like Twitter the best. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. If you spare a dollar, we'd really appreciate it. If you like what we do here, please consider donating, cause it's expensive. <laughs> Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yourself, Pillsbury. This is the spoiler section for episode 211, The Hunting Party, featuring Robin's cousin, Aaron. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Welcome to the spoiler section. Yeah. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. I like how all of us are just, like, burned out. We're like, 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 let's keep going. We're almost done. Cool. Okay, Aaron and I are burned out, and... (laughs) Robin is still on. Robin's, like, thriving. I'm ready. She's, like, thriving, and I'm like, okay, I'm hungry. (laughs) I have questions. Oh, I don't have answers, but I'll try. Lock, bolts, the vent shut, right? Yeah. And they keep Ben in there, but I think that in lockdown... Lockdown. Because Locke gets stuck. <laughs> Locke gets stuck under the doors. The the blast doors. The blast yes. doors. And then Ben has to get out and press the button for them. And I think he goes through the vents. Whoa. Um, so now I'm like, did oh, you? Oh, so them? what's the truth dot gif? Like, I wonder if next episode Locke goes and like takes the bolts out or something. Like, I'm not sure. And maybe that's just a continuity error. I don't that's remember. Great. So I don't remember either, but like. That actually makes me question why they even bothered just have the vent line in here in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, there must be something that happened. So I guess we'll see. What was the point? They found some of his footprints and stuff, and they kind of wonder if maybe he, like... Well, at least I wondered if he maybe made a dummy trail. Ethan makes a dummy trail. Naomi makes a dummy trail. Like, that's a thing that people do. But, um, you know, Michael's in a hurry, and so... I'm going to doubt that he made one. No, I don't think he would take the time. He was kind of, he had his own thing going on. Yeah. Something cool about this episode is that we get Michael's perspective of this whole episode in three minutes. In three minutes is the name of the episode. Yeah, I was oh. like, wow, three minutes. <laughs> That's pretty brief. And, you know, he, we hear like the shots and stuff. And we see like him see Kate and he meets Alex. And, you know, 
It's funny that Friendly says, Michael will never find us. When they found Michael, and Michael's literally like a couple feet that way. Michael will never find us. Michael's like, I'm here, bitch. I'm right here. But go off. They ask, how do you know our names? Because of the flame station. Next. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. Alex, bring out Kate. Uh, It is Alex. Yeah, it's... It is. Yeah. Sawyer says, you and me ain't done, Zeke. And Sawyer is the one who kills Mr. Friendly. Oh, yeah! Um, at the end of season three, he kills Mr. Friendly. And before he does, he says, this is for taking the kid off the raft. <gasps> so he gets his revenge. Oh, I stand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can you talk a little bit more about Jacob and MIB being sociopaths? I think that like MIB is clearly like, I think to me, MIB is the calm inside a storm. Mm-hmm. Because Jacob's, like, sereneness and, like, his, like, detachment from anything. Like, look at the things that he does on the island just very remorselessly. Like, watches people die yeah. and, like, like ranks them, gives them numbers. Right. Whereas, like, MIB kind of shows up and, like, MIB may not be a good guy, but you can tell that, like, he feels things even if it's primarily, you know, anger or mischievousness or anything like that. Like, yeah. some kind of quote-unquote evil. But... I think that he is not without emotion, whereas I think Jacob is very much without emotion. Right. And I think that that probably happened because Jacob chose to deal with their reality a lot more differently because I think MIB resents it and Jacob does it. Another thing that we talked about when we probably shouldn't have done yeah. <laughs> uh, during here was um, when we were talking about Vincent being like the Elder Wand, uh. <laughs> where uh, whoever kills the last owner of the Elder Wand becomes the owner of the Elder Wand. Yeah. And I had to cut out some of this because obviously it was big spoilers, but do you want to talk about that as well? Well, the dog is originally Waltz, yeah. which goes to Shannon who was murdered by Anna Lucia, who is then murdered by Michael. Yeah. So technically ownership of Vincent kind of defaults back to Michael. But then how does Michael die? But with a bomb uh, on the freighter yeah. done by Ben, kind of? Or like the others in general? Yeah. Or kind of by Michael himself, because he's the one who brought the bomb on there. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if that's like Harry breaking the Elder One in half. <laughs> breaking the, the succession of the dog breaking the succession of the dog <laughs> so that he can now he can now live with bernard and rose i mean technically his the person who we saw him with last was jack that's true so oh that's true yeah maybe vincent kind of gravitates towards people who are going to die beach what but rose can't die while she's on the island right that's crazy so he just stays with her right like Locke is healed and so is rose but Locke doesn't die while he's on the island. No. And Rose really never, never dies. Wow. Hmm. 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 Questions for another day. That's a really cool like thing, though, that yeah. like the dog always ends up with someone who's going to die. Hmm. That's crazy. Okay. That's crazy. Um, going into the flashbacks, it turns out that this problem that... What's his name? Uh, Angelo has ah. is the exact same tumor that Ben ends up having. Ben. <laughs> ben. I don't have, like, any other thoughts other than Ben. What's really cool about it is that, like, Ben's whole problem is that he's not a Jacob candidate, right? Yeah. He's not a candidate. And and he's really mad about that. And Christian literally says, tell him that he's not a candidate for surgery. And unfortunately, Ben is also not, not a, candidate. a candidate. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Just um, a kind of a different kind. But, like, the different, another difference with him and Angelo, though, is that, like, Angelo came, like, specifically for Jack, like, tried to find Jack, but 
Ben's whole miracle in his head was that like he found out that he had this tumor on his spine and then a spinal surgeon fell out of the sky. Yeah, a doctor literally fell into his lap. Exactly. And and it ends up working. Yeah, for Ben. But I think and I might be misremembering, but I believe it's Locke who kind of like talks to Ben. It might be Jack, but I think it's Locke who's just like I like Locke was healed, Rose was healed. You've lived on this island for almost all of your life and you're sick. And you got sick. Like, what does that say? I think actually MIB says it to Ben in the form of Locke, potentially in season yeah, five. It, yeah, he does. To get he, him to kill I him. absolutely remember that. Yeah, yeah, it is not Locke who says it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Not Locke. Not Locke. <laughs> Sarah has a negative pregnancy test, um, but she ends up actually getting pregnant with the other guy, the guy who she's cheating on Jack with. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily in this moment. But at some nebulous point. But at some nebulous point. That might be another reason why she says don't uh, don't worry. Is it's just like, how would she be like, hey, oh, I'm, I'm pregnant, pregnant. But, by, no, but it's not your baby. Yeah. Mm. You know? Now that's drama. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's some crime going on here in West Van. This is not West Van. What? West End. West End. The West End of Van. West End of Van is different from West Van. So what is this? West End. That's West Van. Across the water. Red Deer Robin. Do, I so doesn't you have can't to call make it sense this just Red how Deer it goes. Robin. Oh man. Robin okay. Red Deer Dr- Jeffrey. That is literally what uh Claire called you today. Great. I in love, a nice way. I love being stupid. Um What? Okay, if anyone's stupid in this relationship, it's me. Okay. Um on, uh, cool. What's next? Oh, that's it. That's all I got. I like I basically accidentally said all my spoiler thoughts about like MIB and Jacob. Yeah. Especially being like the Pauls. I love to be the Pauls. Which one's Greg, Paul, Alice, and Janney? Yeah. Oh, how dare you say that Alice and Janney is their horrible father. Anyway, we don't need to talk about them. You leave Alice and Janney alone. Sorry. I know I love Alice and Janney. I really find the, as as garbagey as Jack is, I really, like, that scene with Friendly and the torches and everything is, like, iconic to me. Why? Because it's, like, the moment where they finally, like, come face to face with the people who they've been, like... wondering about for 50 days and it's friendly and he like shows them that like what they're capable of then it turns out they're capable of like a lot of horrible things yeah and friendly has like some really dope like lines and stuff so yeah i love that scene that's a good point yeah i remember when like the first time i watched it it's like so shocking how normal the others are all the time yeah and then you know there's some good ones later yeah they're totally regular people yeah yeah there's juliet juliet yeah I can't think of other good ones because in my mind, there's like the others are just Ben and Juliet. Friendly is always a good one in my mind. Like I know that he does garbagey things, but like he plays football with Jack that one time and I think that's fun. Oh my God. <laughs> Qualifications for niceness. Played football Yeah, actually with Jack like that's once. a great thing about the, like in the spoiler section actually is that like Jack and Friendly like become friends when Jack stays in season three. Would you say they become friendly? Yeah, I would. Yeah. And then they play... Football and the lady from Lost in eighteen minutes and or eight minutes and fifteen seconds says, "Jack and Friendly play football. Friendly throws like a girl. It's great. Yeah, I love that moment. I also love that um, Friendly is like filling the fatherly role that Christian never could. He probably never played football <laughs> with his son. They probably never played catch. <laughs> Jack's like, I don't even know how to play football. What is this? Only plays with Mark Silverman, his childhood friend who he saved from bullying in White Rabbit. Wow, wow. Hmm. Are we done? Yep." Cool. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the band. Thank you, guys. Yay. I can't wait to talk about X. You guys run a great podcast. Aw, you nice. Yeah. Thank you for lying. That's so nice of you.
Mm, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at the Aficionados all over the place, but mostly Twitter. What? I forgot my next line. A Patreon. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's expensive. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> They went out for ice cream. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you so much to the creators and community of Lostpedia. Truly, without them, we would be lost. Stay tuned for more spoiler sections coming to you every Friday in June. Season 3 will be posted on the first Friday of every month starting July 3rd, 2020. While you're waiting for Season 3, we've got some other podcasts. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. As we speak, we are currently covering season seven, the final season. And uh, after that, we are going back and doing the first three seasons so we can finally cover those. If you're a fan of Riverdale, which I personally really am, we like to talk about that show too, way too much. We have so much fun over there. Uh, unfortunately, season four was cut short by the pandemic, but we do have a backlog of literally all four seasons. So if you're wanting some sort of garbage television, you know, something that Lost is not, but something that's, God, just so much fun. I could not recommend Riverdale enough. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. We are taking up all of 2020 talking about season two. Then we are going to be taking up all of 2021 to talk about season three so that hopefully by then we have some season four to talk about. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that too. We covered all of season one of Star Trek Picard, and Brittany has some more Star Trek plans for that feed, so check it out if you're interested. You can follow at the aficionados all over the place. Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, mostly Twitter. I do post gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr, though, and uh, you can email us at aficionadospodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow Brittany at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end on Twitter. The guests you heard this episode, all of their socials will be in the description. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because, oh boy, is this ever expensive? We have five podcasts and we know that money is tight all over the place, especially this year, but we could really, really use your help. We offer early access on literally all of our podcasts for $1 and up. This podcast in particular, I'm usually done editing pretty quickly. So you usually get it a week in advance. Weekly podcasts are usually like a day or a couple days in advance, but still it, it counts. And for our $5 and up patrons, we offer 10% off of shopbelux.com. That's me and Brittany's small business. Brittany makes amazing and beautiful resin art over there. And I do fandom embroidery. Check out those links in the description as well. Once again, you guys, thank you so, so much for your support. You know how much we love you. And I cannot wait for season three. I am so excited. And I know you are too. Okay, love you. Bye.